Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. I am Joseph with Coffee Lovers Magazine and coming at you from uh, Conduit Coffee this week. Sitting here with Jesse and John. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Yeah, doing pretty fantastic. Uh, also this week, all the way over the inner tubes from Chicago, Illinois, is Courtney Kern, barista maniac. Welcome, Courtney. Hello, how are you? Doing pretty darn good. Yourself? Fantastic, thank you. Um... Really excited to have you on the show this week. Um, looking forward to chatting about tasting coffee and all sorts of wonderful things. Um, as we just jump right in, uh, we uh, had all had the pleasure of running into you at uh, Coffee Fest last month. Oh, incredible! Um, where you uh, you were uh, judging the uh, best espresso competition. Um, <clears throat> That's correct. Yeah. I, uh, it was a uh, I was really looking forward to uh, meeting you and also the Conduit uh, coffee team. So uh, I'm glad that that happened uh, right away. Uh, it seemed like probably my first day and uh, definitely uh, something I was looking forward to in, uh, when I came into uh, Portland. So mm-hmm. uh, To give a little background of the uh, best espresso competition that's been going on at uh, the Coffee Fest. But how, actually, I don't even know how many years they've been doing it now. Two oh, years. it's actually two years now? Yeah, two years. Yeah, that's correct. It's been two rounds through each of the, the divisions or the, oh, okay. the regions. Okay, two rounds. Through. That's right, because this year they had the um, top whatever. So the winners of the winners. Winners, of, okay. Yeah, so they went through two rounds. Uh, this is the third year in the Northwest, so it was the final of the first two years. Okay. Right. Um, and I've seen uh, the last two coffee fests here. Uh, that, well, that were in Seattle, I think. <clears throat> saw those last two. Uh, really, only just the last one. And uh, I recall the... Um, I mean, they've been evolving the program as it's going. And uh, the, the judging was always something that was kind of... Eh, could use some improvement. I think this year, they really came in and they had some training. And I think you had a you had an integral part in that. Um, do you want to tell I us did. about getting into the judging of it and how that all worked out this year and everything? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Joseph. Uh, so Coffee Fest uh, St. Louis uh, came around, and uh, it was definitely something I wanted to attend. And originally I went to Navy Pier Coffee Fest, which was a couple, I want to say two and a half years ago, but I could be wrong on that. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I literally didn't get the opportunity to work at a specialty coffee shop. And I lived in the suburbs. Uh, Intelligentsia turned me down from a job just because I, I lived too far away. Uh, so I came home and I said, I, I can do this with spending $60 for internet service every month. So I need to get the lead out of my butt. So I literally jumped into something that I had no clue how to do. Um, I had an idea, but uh, referring Starbucks here, that's kind of where I started. And I always profiled coffees, but then a lot of times they just didn't agree with me or they just didn't want to hear what I had to say. So anyways, jump into Navy Pier Coffee Fest and I'm over by the Slayer Espresso Machines and there's a gentleman standing there real tall and his name's Kenny from Sunnergoss. And uh, I was like, wow, this guy's really talented. So I started talking to him and just getting some insight on what I can do to improve myself. So hence uh, St. Louis comes. I start my blog and I ask my fan followers, including uh, Jesse, uh, to hopefully give me some money so I can afford a drive to St. Louis Coffee Fest. And 
I went there and they asked me uh, to take part in the best espresso competition as a judge. And uh, I did the latte art challenge, but man, my hands were shaky. Like I could see a bunch of ghosts standing in front of me. So that didn't go too well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, all the coffee gods weren't shining on me that moment. But uh, anyways, I get over to the coffee uh, best espresso uh, panel and uh David Hilbrom, the president of Coffee Fest, grabbed me and pushed me to the side and said, man, you are just really gifted with words. I don't know how you profile the coffees the way you do. And I actually had a roaster come up to me and say that's exactly what they got. And they actually didn't include a couple of things because it might have been tricky. Mm. Uh, so going forward, the espresso judges were, I don't, they weren't like me because I do profiling coffees on my website. And I just felt it was best to get myself out there in the public eye instead of kind of hiding behind a computer per se. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, they ended up having me as a mentor and they wanted me to kind of guide other people that were around me. And then I came to Portland and they flew me out there to do that specifically. And we had uh, Megan uh, Miller, we had Megan Bennett from Cafe de Arte from pronouncing that right and then uh cabal tice and we had john and zach uh they worked independently and uh they all looked at me and they said how do you do this and i'm like well here here's some coffee wheels i printed these up before i came <laughs> and uh they're like thank you and uh shauna from uh, blue bottles like courtney that was so nice of you to do this and i said absolutely it just it helps because we don't have club soda to rinse the pallets out so <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you exactly uh, yeah it's an evolving competition the uh well court i remember when we first kind of came into contact last year kind of around this time last year actually and i think i sent you some coffee for a little bit of your review um but also you know as a to your church to try out and i remember then that your reviews are spot on with the words and i mean it was it was helpful then and your writing was great to kind of just friendly you know friendly approach to the coffee and also really informative so seeing you actually like on the spot making these not making these words up but using these words the uh it was pretty remarkable actually mm -hmm. i can i can definitely i mean i feel the way that these other Thank people you. are feeling as far as you know the quality of the review and and just the, the nice things to say I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, I, you immediately had uh, embraced me with that and uh, really shook my hand over that. And uh, I just, I, I appreciate your passion and what you do and your honesty. It was totally upfront towards me. And you could see that I'm really trying hard to make a living and get my name out there instead of working for a company itself. I think it's better for me to do what I'm doing now because now I'm being noticed, obviously. But I really, really care. And I wish I had the... Um, kind of introduction that you had per se and many others like joseph or uh john and it's just i didn't have that so i this is what i wanted to do and i had to get around to it so yeah thanks man i appreciate that i mean i know coffee is you know competitive and complicated and i'm sure coffee reviewing is as well trying to get yeah and, and get jesse let me ask you this real quick yeah. how did you kind of get behind conduit and what inspired you to start that where did, where did you come from basically that got you into thinking about dump jumping into uh, specialty coffee. Um, I mean, keep it short. My background was definitely in cafes and sort of the community organizing around coffee, and then working okay. with sustainable agriculture and starting roasting on my own as a hobby. They uh, went hand in hand, um, and so the community aspect of, of coffee is is 
what really fascinates me in the way that we can consume such a wonderful product and it's so accessible to many more people than a lot of exquisite produce in many mm -hmm. ways. Um, Absolutely. And it's fascinating. You know, I just generally have a zeal for coffee. That's, uh, that's impressive. Uh, thanks for uh, sharing that. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, when you, um, so you obviously, uh, I mean, you must've been into to tasting and profiling coffees for a while. It sounded like, uh, you mentioned you, you got into that a while back. Um, uh, how did you get into it and what did you like, what did you do to develop your, um, descriptive skills, your ability to identify flavors? And, uh, I mean, uh, just listening to you talk about coffee is, uh, very impressive. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't know really anyone. Yeah. I mean, do you have a background in writing or did you do other pre-trained <laughs> in wine or? I wasn't. I did this, like I said, all on my own. Uh, it just, uh, I sat in front of my computer and I looked out the window and I lost my job. And uh, I was a district manager for Starbucks and I said, I'm not making coffee no more. I have to leave. So I put my two week notice in and came home and collected unemployment. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay, what do I do? So kind of reiterating what I said earlier, but, uh, I learned how to do codex online just from winning contests. And, uh, it, after I learned that, it kind of like gave me the idea to do uh, web stuff. And, uh, then I started, I mean, it's it hard. Is. I find as a roaster, you know, I have a lot more emotions that go into the coffee than I actually have words for. So, you know, I know we've used some of your words from, from, that you've given, you've put words in our mouths as far as how to describe our coffee. Yeah. I honestly, I looked at Drew Moody, which, uh, um, yeah, he's uh, definitely remarkable what he does, and uh, it's rare that I get to see him. Uh, he's really involved with uh, Passion House Coffee Roasters here in uh, Chicago, and uh, they're like brothers and sisters, and I respect that. And um, But he is just unbelievable at writing, and uh, Joseph would vouch for the exact same words that I'm expressing mm -hmm. now. And, uh, I, I kind of looked at him. I looked at Coffee Adventures, uh, Jesse, I think her name is, and uh, I kind of saw what they were doing, and I said, man, I have to take this in a whole new level. Let me make a professional video. And uh, somebody actually came up to me and said, I just watched your video that was like four minutes long, and you don't even tell me how to make the coffee. What the heck's wrong with you? <laughs> 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 and this was for Death Wish Coffee. And I'm like, okay, so I turn around, and that's why I started writing script text in my videos. Uh -huh. And uh, that gave me an idea, and I'm like, well, cool, I can still do what I want to do, but write in the text. So anyway, thanks to Conduit, thanks to Madcap, thanks to Intelligentsia, and many others uh, that I could just sit here and talk about it all night. Uh, I, it was uh, to them that got me these coffees. And then I got the right equipment and I just kept brewing coffee and I was getting to the point where I'm like, man, I want to make a coffee just like Kondo would serve, Intelligentsia would serve to me. How do I do this? So I just started working my palate that way. I used the counterculture coffee wheel. I visited the training center in Chicago. Uh, we sat around and did coffee cupping. It was my first one. And by the end, uh, we did a Burundi and uh, Rich Futrell looked at me and said, Courtney, what do you taste here? I'm like, I just grabbed a bowl of Reese's Pieces candies and I love it. And they all laughed and said, 
look at this. The guy is exactly what we meant to say at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he was being nice to me that night, but that really inspired me. And I drove almost an hour just to go do that and come back home. And it just, uh, coffees are so amazing. Uh, I have a great appreciation for Ethiopians. Uh, I love pulling shots with those. It's just, there's many different nuances that come out of those. And uh, so, I just, I drank. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's just, I, it occurred to me. Um, I mean, we were, we had an Ethiopian in our blend for the, the coffee competition. And I know, I think, you know, seven of the top eight had Ethiopians in there at some portion of the coffee. And I'm finding, <laughs> I mean, it's been an incredible season for these coffees. Um, how was it to discern all these? We we brought a lot of samples home too of these other coffees, and they were all phenomenal. And I'm just Fantastic. I don't know how you would make a choice between a lot of these coffees. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I know you uh, have to, but they, what is it? What is it like to have that many similar coffees? Such a similar theory of washed and, and natural Ethiopians together in a blend was, you know, that's a, like? that's a great that's a great question, uh, Jesse. Uh, thanks for asking me that. I, uh, I I I really embrace the fact that I'm getting those shots because those are my favorite. But then I have to look in a aspect of judging which one's different that's going to make me stand up out of my seat uh argus from goshen coffee pulled me one in st louis and it was the exact same shot that he uh pulled in portland and uh i just knew it and i could uh, literally smell it when he put it down on the table and i profiled it so uh anyways i i got up after the first panel and many people were talking to me giving me like praise per se. And I looked at Kenny and uh, Blake from Sunnergoss and they're like, we need to talk to you. You're really good at what you do. <laughs> so I looked at him and I said, you know what? I, I have to go to the bathroom. Somebody slipped an Ethiopian coffee, maybe in all of these that I just had. <laughs> so that's, that's what happens. They're a higher acidity and it affects my system. But uh, yeah, I just uh, really look forward to having to taste those. And uh it's something that I pull here at home. I actually have a Mazer Rover and a Super Jolly that was given to me because I did uh, some how to brew videos for Pacific Green Roasters. If you go to their website, you'll be able to see those. Cool. Yeah. A uh, question, uh, just visiting back on on the whole uh, uh, learning how to develop this this skill of tasting that you've done. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Did you so you you sat down with the with the coffees and the wheel? Did you have like like I know there are these um, like uh, scent kits like you can smell an aroma and then, and then that's part of you know that's that's part of some of the the certification processes and that sort of thing did you use one of those or were you just did you just go for it with the tasting wheel so when somebody asks me how did you do or learn per se i do always recommend to them to buy one of those oil kits or sensory kits they are very expensive uh somebody in my situation maybe a couple years ago wouldn't even have blinked to maybe buy one of those uh they really do help uh they also help if you want to go into wine um a lot of people don't know that the wine sensory kits are actually the same exact ones for coffee but uh i actually did not use one of those somebody uh at the beginning gave me an opportunity to try them and uh, i did really bad but i'm sure mm -hmm. that's what everyone else is going to end up doing if it's their first time it's just kind of difficult but uh i shop at whole foods i buy organic foods i cook myself and uh once i did what i had to do to start barista maniac.com 
I went and got a whole bunch of grapes, some cheese and other items because I seen someone else do this at another training center. And it kind of gave me the idea that, wow, I really need to start thinking about what I'm eating, just not eating because I'm hungry. That's that's what kind of helped me. So now when I have these coffees or espressos, I think about something that I ate and that kind of the obviously I'm going back to the flavor wheel um, that kind of gives me an idea of like, oh, yeah, that's it. And then what's neat about that flavor wheel, which many people don't know, is if you get a light roast coffee. Uh, if you look at that flavor wheel, the lighter colors, not the bright ones, but the light shading is actually to signify to you that that's for like roast. Now, if you go darker, the darker colored on those on the flavor wheel is for more smokier, maybe uh, meat like soy like. Um, a lot of people don't know that. And I try to emphasize that when I talk with people. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Courtney, <laughs> you had told me uh, in Portland I guess I had overheard you say something about uh, the flavor of black olive in coffee. Uh, do you have certain flavors that you just particularly like in espresso and in brewed cups of coffee that you look for, and ones that you just particularly don't like? He loves black olive. <laughs> How did you determine? I mean, do you look at do you look at things as, as these are things that you personally enjoy, or is there is there something about certain flavors that are expected in coffee versus certain flavors that are not expected in coffee and probably remain not in coffee? Uh, very good question. Thank you. Uh, I Just to get this out of the way, I don't like olives one bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to affect my okay. we'll uh, capabilities or judging of like this coffee stocks. I'm not going to do that just because it tastes like that. But uh, uh, yeah, it's... I really look forward to new things and to have olive is like definitely something that doesn't really appear that often. Um, just the, a lot of people have told me that when you smell potato after you grind up a bean, that that's a bad sign. Um, is that true? You know, uh, I, I definitely try and keep beans out of it when we're bagging it and when Jesse's picking through and, Yes, occasionally beans are potato-y that haven't roasted fully, but on lighter roasted coffees, you do get a bite sometimes where it's going, that was a light roast coffee, right. but there's some really good juicy flavors. It's just on that developed edge, I think. And, and we find, or I find with coffees that have been um, sorted better and just presented better, uh, they tend to be more expensive coffees, but they have less of those those potatoes, even the even the lighter roast coffee, tend to be sharper, you know. Um, but Correct. when we deal with some, you know, not quite specialty or low end specialty grade coffee, um, there's a lot more sorting and kind of attention to the fact that there's. Okay. Of- now the point being, thank you both of you for uh, giving me a moral uh, explanation of that, uh, more precise. Uh, I actually have sometimes where I'll get peanut or potato, and I really don't look at it like a detractor, like. Many probably do, but uh, when I notice that, if it if it balances well with the shot, I'll definitely be like, well, that's kind of cool. And uh, if something else hops in there, like maybe a little salt with like a, like a potato chip, that's really cool. And uh, it could be a bad sign, but then in my opinion, it's not because I come from just doing home barista stuff as opposed to what you guys do. So. Well, I, I'm fascinated by this. We have uh, Q grader friends that come through, and um, they can taste the 
the coffee and if it's coffee with a defect or something like that then they'll they'll be able to name kind of the part of the process that, that defect came from whether it's on the farm wow. or part of the processing um and i mean it's not that hard it's just they're trained and they have the words to describe that and it's really fascinating to me i've learned a lot when these people come through and try our coffee because you know it's not a roast defect it's something coming from the farm or the processing and it's it's helpful to me um i don't know i'm fascinated by this i'm just yeah me about, too about you learn from a cup that you can't quite agree with or if I if I could ever experience what you have done as opposed to what I'm doing now, that would even help me even more greatly to be a better person per se, as far as uh, coffee goes. It's one of so. the amazing things of having the resources that is Seattle. You know, as far as these coffee companies and the people that come through here, is they're they're coming through here and we mm-hmm. learn a lot from them. Absolutely, and uh, that's good that you have that opportunity. The last one I just had was Graciano Cruz, who is now traveling. Um, he has a green coffee farm, and uh, the guy at Buzz Killer Espresso invited me to this private event. It was nice to kind of talk, but there was no samples per se. I didn't have any of his green that night, so I didn't kind of hang around too long. I was the one making the breeze to work downstairs. <laughs> so, so, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, go ahead. Um, what's, so bringing up this, you know, what we have in Seattle, I mean, how is it for you? Do you see growth in places like Chicago as far as access to this information and these people? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, they're gaslight coffee roasters. I would have to say is like, probably I could pick that up and throw it right into where you are. They're, uh, really, uh, remarkable and, uh, they have a lot of information. They take a lot of time just to kind of do what you guys are essentially doing in uh, half wit, which is the wormhole they're really starting to make some grounds and kind of push up and they actually share the same roaster as uh, gaslight does so they use the same roasting facility i don't know what kind of partnership they have but uh um but it's just when i see them and how that stands out and there is opportunity there to experience obviously what you guys have um i totally recommend them and just talking with them but uh uh, if you look at mainstream stuff, like I look at beers today, like that are mainstream, I really don't drink those no more. I just drink the microbrews, and uh, I could go into a whole detail about those. And what's cool is about with these microbrews is when you drink them, they actually have a very similar profiling as to coffee. Right. So, right. but uh, yeah, it's right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, a thoughts come to mind here as as you've been talking about uh, uh, your experiences. Um, tasting coffee and learning and everything um mm-hmm. of of putting together kind of like so I, i'm always trying to think um for someone who is is probably new to specialty coffee or is or has has never tried to develop um the descriptive abilities uh, you know identifying what you're tasting and describing that sort of thing um i, I know it's i know it's like a really daunting task it's daunting for me um tasting coffee um i i hardly ever know how to describe what i'm tasting um but you were talking about going to the store picking out um items in the store that that Mm -hmm. uh are perhaps flavors that are distinctive in coffee correct um different acidity with um maybe you know actually i kind of want to put together like a beginner's guide to tasting where instead of looking at a coffee wheel you instead go to the store and pick out well this chocolate and these fruits and these sorts of things and you eat them and become familiar with those flavors and then you start tasting coffee and trying to identify them what would you recommend as kind of like a starting 
Yeah. So if I had guests over, which I've had, um, or I'll do some consulting work with people that want to learn how to appreciate uh, coffee or espresso, I uh, basically just like I mentioned before, just go out and I'll buy random products uh, as far as uh, I uh, get, grab the chocolates, the fruits and the exotic fruits. We take no cards and uh, I'll, I'll do like one number one and number two. I'm like, so what are you what are we tasting here? I, we all know it's a papaya, but uh, what else can you kind of describe this as? And then I'll show them the flavor wheel. And they obviously like for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what the heck's going on here. But it's not about right or wrong. And you need to definitely clarify that over and over again because just people just don't get it and i didn't get it either so just take your time with it and uh, just have fun and just write down what you're tasting and if it's salty is it chewy and you kind of get the structure of an espresso shop from there and hopefully the person that's teaching it is <laughs> just not like unhappy to be there that day to do that because they'll kind of shorthand it <laughs> <laughs> so it gets it gets really confusing after that and unfortunately i had to deal with that one time before from someone else and it was just like oh my god so but uh yeah it's it, you could also look at this uh you, uh, you, you, the, how old we are right now and how much food we've eaten uh maybe you just haven't had the time to just sit down going back to that that sensory kit you could start there you could uh, have that done as well. Um, I just look at more of real foods instead of something artificial in a bottle. So I like the idea of using real foods. I mean, that's kind of accessible to anyone, and it's, I mean, that's what we identify flavors with. So right, correct. Uh, Courtney, so you were saying with our age and getting up there, I guess getting older. Uh, a couple shows back, we talked about uh, the nostalgia of coffee in our childhood. And I was wondering if uh, you'd like to impart how you grew up with coffee and uh, what you remember about coffee in your youth and how that um, maybe pertains to how the coffee industry has changed and, uh, and the direction it's, that coffee is going nowadays. Thank you. That's a great question. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to ask me. Um, I was in college. I almost had a scholarship for baseball. Um, that kind of ended abruptly. Um, Anyways, I won't go into detail about that, but uh, I was like, okay, I need coffee. And I went to Starbucks. I started working there as a barista supervisor. And uh, I said, man, these coffees all taste the same, but I, I'm i going to drink iced Americanos. And uh, I like the smoky, cedary aspect to it. And I just kept drinking those all the time, no matter winter, summer, spring. And uh, then sooner or later, I moved out here in 2001 to Chicago and I lived in Yorkville, which actually the man of steel movies actually was filmed out there with the Clark, the Kent house uh, for Superman. And my parents live right down the street from that. So a little bit of history or per se movie trivia there, but uh, it, it's, there was no coffee obviously out there it was gas stations or uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So I had to kind of deal with that at first. And then I started treading out further to or closer to the city and uh, sooner or later, I walked into Intelligentsia and I walked up to the counter. I was like looking around at this place and I'm like, wow, these bags are really cool. This machine is like awesome. What the heck is this? And I said to the barista who her name's Amy Lawler and she's now the head roaster for Metropolis. Uh, she goes, 
hello. I said, hi. I said, I've never been in here before. Uh, this is a lot to take in. Can I just try an espresso? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. Do you want uh, the black cat or do you want our Yerga chef? And I said, what's Yerga chef? And mm-hmm. she said, she started explaining it. And then I tried that one, of course. And my feet started to tingle. My legs started to tingle. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And I was, I went home and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I, I can't drink Starbucks no more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what needs to be done here? So that kind of led me into where I come today. So, Yeah, I've noticed uh, on your Facebook page, there's quite a few posts. It looks like you're getting the bean boxes uh, sent to you. And they're beautiful packaging and beautiful coffees that are coming in there. And we're really excited to be on their next ordering cycle. Oh, uh, fantastic. So still ordering from them. And uh, you're going to have some of our coffee show up in your box soon. But uh, what do you think about companies like Craft Coffee and Bean Box that are supplying the uh, everyday coffee drinker with things that are from out of state but are still freshly roasted and uh, delivered in a timely manner with uh, some really unique flavors that are coming in those boxes. Yeah, it's uh, quite uh, remarkable. Um, it's definitely something that needs to be done uh, as far as uh, getting that coffee or coffee specialty roasters into the mouths of other people that wouldn't be as fortunate as I was when I lived in Yorkville. Like if I could have had that back then, that would have been a lot sooner that I would have been able to start what I'm doing today probably. Uh, but, uh, I, I talked to, uh, be, uh, communicate with Beanbox over Twitter and, uh, they liked what I was doing and I liked what they were doing. So I said, let me do a contest. And I don't really like to do contest. I think that like, as much as I'm passionate about what you guys do and what I'm doing now, roasting my own beans and learning this process, it kind of been like, Oh, okay, well, is our coffee not that good that I have to give it away for free? But, uh, sometimes it helps, especially if you're just starting up. And I think, I kind of comprehend more that this needs to be done. So I just did a giveaway and uh, they saw the traffic that I was getting and they said, okay, we're going to throw another box in here. And I immediately said, well, there's this woman here that uh, she's literally saying, I don't have coffee around where I live. So I'm like, uh, of course, I'm going to choose her as the winner. So, um, <laughs> but uh, totally yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it, at least she was honest because uh, I was in that same predicament. So I looked at it in that aspect. But right. uh, when you box up those coffees and you make it look nice, like when I opened the box, I pulled the lid up and there was a little note right there. That's kind of cool. It's like open a fortune cookie waiting for your fortune and uh, the, the nice gift wrap paper. And it was just impressive how much little space that they had that they put all that in there. And uh, the coffees uh, each had an explanation. It wasn't too confusing. Uh, regrettably, I have to explain MASL to a lot of people out here that my head's starting to spin now. But <laughs> anyways, uh, it's just. It, it really works. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, do you like it as well? I'd love it if you explained to me what a M-A-S-L is. I hate asking that, but <laughs> one more time, please. Meters above sea level. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like the elevation, I the higher it is, in my opinion, for Ethiopian coffees or just anywhere, I actually get more flavors. Yeah. yeah. I... Uh, I agree. I mean, my personal preferences are definitely denser, higher altitude beans. Um, they tend to be more pointy, a little bit more interesting, but they're not necessarily crowd pleasers and they're not necessarily that great for um, 
bringing out the rounded flavors that you're looking for in medium roasts and for espressos and stuff. But Right, which everyone else is kind of accustomed to, per se. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's right. good to know, man. Um, as far as the uh, subscription services, I think those are, uh, I mean, I think those fantastic way for uh, people to just try a number of coffees that they can be sure are really good. Yeah. I mean, there's hardly a subscription right. service out there that's giving coffee that's not fantastic. Right. Right. And there's a variety. It's not one from the same region. Exactly. I like what Beanbox is doing with focusing on Seattle grocers and sending our, you know, Seattle coffee out to places where they don't get it. I think that's a that is true. And unlike Beanbox and what was the other one? Um, Craft coffee. Misto. Misto box. Oh, Misto box. Yeah. Good. Good coffee is another one as well. Yeah. There's a lot. Mm. I like right. the Godina coffee is another one. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any more questions for Courtney before we wrap up? Oh, I have so many more questions. Courtney, I think we need to plan another <laughs> right. another well, podcast we'll on roasting. There um, you I'd go. Absolutely. To, I know that yeah, but uh, if you guys could, I don't know, somehow help me to come out there, then definitely I'm all for it. But I'm right. still working my butt off, and maybe one day I'll be able to come out there. <laughs> but uh, I'll be in Atlanta for uh, coffee. <laughs> well, we'd love to see you out here, Court. And maybe, maybe we can... Uh, we can find a way somehow. Absolutely. We've got a little time. We can hogtie you and throw you in a UPS box. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an honor. I actually, a lot of people, a lot of people tell me that I should move out there to be hogtied in a box. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Joseph, uh, Jesse, and John. I had a, a blast. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And uh, thank you to the girl laughing in the background, whoever that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She thinks she's she you. can't hear. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, it's right, good so. to hear your voice, man. Take care. Hey, you too. Bye-bye.